Welcome to the Keeney Interviews. Through this series, you will meet leading practitioners from the water sector and hear their stories. Together, we will address water challenges and discuss how best to face them. Keeney is the Malaysian word for current, and this initiative promotes the flow of ideas within the water sector. Hello and welcome to today's interview with Dr. Sharia Wahid, Principal Research Scientist at CSIRO. Wahid's research focuses on integrated water resource management, climate change, flood, drought forecasting and warning, risk and hazard management and river basin management. Dr. Wahid has over 25 years experience in research and development work related to water management and has played a key role in the identification, design, implementation and monitoring of various multidisciplinary projects. He has previously worked at the ASEAN Institute of Technology, AIT, Thailand Institute of Water Modeling, Bangladesh, and as a consultant for UNEP, UNDP, ADB, FAO and the World Bank. He has contributed to about 70 international peer-reviewed journals, conference proceedings, book chapters, technical manuals, reports, and educational materials. My name is Raymond Lam, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Dr. Sharia Wahid. Oh, Wahid, thank you so much for taking the time off mm -hmm, to talk mm -hmm. about climate yeah, change, pleasure. Yeah, yeah. impacts mm -hmm. on water in South Asia. Mm. I'm hoping we could start with a bit of an introduction where you could talk a bit about yourself, your background and the roles that you've had you know, mm. in the past. Uh, I work as a research consultant at CSIRO okay. uh, with the land and water team right. here. Uh, my particular focus is international river basins, mm -hmm. so integrated water resource management in uh, international river basins. Okay. So uh, most of my work uh, at CSIRO and actually before that are, are very much on uh, IWRM in South Asia, mm. uh, namely stretching from Afghanistan to, to uh, Myanmar. Myanmar. And uh, and all the all the countries that come so in between. In between, yeah. Right. Uh, I have a uh, uh, interdisciplinary background, shall I say? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So I uh, I'm an engineer. My first degree. Your first degree. All yeah. Right. And then uh, I tried to be a social scientist. Okay. Still trying. <laughs> so my PhD and my postgraduate studies were on. Uh, social aspects of water resource management in river basin. Right. Um, I am a very uh, firm believer of, of uh, integrated water resource management. Right. And uh, some of you probably have heard about it and it's been now enshrined in SDG 6.5 mm -hmm. uh, of United Nations. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have spent probably past 25 years trying to learn what it means in different scales, okay. in different cultural contexts, right. in different management re re regimes, uh, how it can be more contextualized and applied as, mm. as, as principles okay. uh, to uh, improve, uh, improve livelihoods, uh, sustain ecosystems. Right. Uh, as a researcher, I have little bit, uh, little bit moved into in my career from very research focus to research for development. For development. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my career path had been very much influenced by uh, several things that I had learned in the along the way. Right. Uh, to always strive for to impact impact yeah so you do a research for for writing a paper mm -hmm. or writing a report that's one part of the story right but the other part is how your research is able to impact uh, 
people, people's lives, and people's yeah. lives, yeah. and environment. Environment. So, right. uh, two things that okay. uh, define my current focus: right. uh, impact, uh, full research, and integration. So let me turn black back the clock a little bit. Oh. Uh, <laughs> how I came into all this. Uh, initially, my work was that okay, you have blood, you need to do something about it. Mm. And my, as an engineer, my focus was very engineering. Okay. So very technically Technical. focused. So I learned how to model. Right. Uh, I worked as consultants, and then I had a second. Uh, episode <laughs> again in my <laughs> career but i was working uh, to develop a automated irrigation system our system which would automate irrigation water delivery okay. in in parts of bangladesh as a consultant uh, working with the development partner mm -hmm. and i put my heart and soul into it right and then when it was done and we went to the farmers to our utter surprise we discovered that the farmers don't speak uh, they're illiterate people actually so this was a uh, this was a eye opener for me actually mm. that um, uh, yeah one part of the story is technical right. uh, there, there are other parts uh, where people must come in the center of the uh, users yes of the system yeah, yeah. so but i uh, moved from uh, from pure technical work to and then i did a phd actually on uh, how, how a farmer takes decision okay. not based on only rainfall uh, or water availability but also uh, other factors uh, he how he learns from his appears uh, right. next the uh, next field how he learns from the market and all those things so i developed a uh, socio hydrological model model right. uh, around able that. to yeah right. able to uh, support a decision making process in a farmer's mind the work that we do here is very much related with those sort of episodes in my career whereby I, uh, I learned uh, that uh, we need to have an integrated holistic view of things before we really can make a decision which is, uh, which is more uh, sustainable and mm -hmm. uh, uh, survive in the long run. Right. So in here, in CSIRO, what we work on is called Sustainable Development Investment Portfolio. It is a portfolio approach. Mm -hmm. It is not like uh, supported by the Australian government. It is not like a traditional project where you have deliverables, you have very quite a well-defined targets, uh, targets, targets and yeah. all that. Yeah. It has its goal, okay. and the goal is very much uh, improving water, food, and energy and livelihood of the and people. security. Right. Of, of people mm. that's the overall overarching goal but right. it doesn't it gives a flexibility in terms of designing it so second thing in in this approach is it has a number of partners mm. with varying degree of different characters shall I say Okay. So what it means is it has bank, an investment bank like the World, like the World bank, bank, you know, ADB. and AFC. Yeah. Right. ADB is not part okay. of it. Uh, it has a researcher like us. Mm -hmm. uh, it has uh, civil society groups within the mix. It has eight partners actually. Okay. So many, many parties. Yeah, yeah. Eight, right. parties eight parties actually. So right. uh, what it does is, so you have researchers you have someone who can invest and then you have someone who can raise the voice of the people civil societies and then so there is there is a seamless flow of of information in between the parties right so give me let me give you an example which will clarify 
So we work on, on let's say, hydrological models, climate change mm. impact on water resources, how it will it will impact today and tomorrow. Okay. And uh, and in the process, actually, uh, the things that we do are very important for someone like IFC, International Finance Corporation, who invest in hydropower. Mm -hmm. And they're all linked together, basically. Yeah. yeah. So what they need to know is someone with enough credentials to tell them. So we work within the portfolio mm. with the, with them to actually see how uh, our findings can be used by them to take an investment decision, for example. Right, right. So, uh, you know, these are, I mean, these are things, and... It's, it's, it's not one-way flow, it's actually two-way two -way flow. Communication. So right. they can tell us that these are the things that we, we need to know. The civil society can tell that, you know, in a transboundary situation, these are the things that needs to come out of, mm. of our, our work. We can discuss with them. We can go and participate in their workshop to okay. inform the minister how what what are our learning from a science uh, perspective? What did we come out in terms no of findings? Yeah. You know? yeah. So that that's a very interesting construct in a way. Right. Now, what do we do in there? So what we do is very much linked with a uh, few things. One is climate change, keywords. Hmm. Two is water, food, and energy nexus. nexus. Number two is related with gender. Gender, okay. So uh, there is a, it's well established that, you know, gender plays a, gender is a key element that have not been looked at properly. Acknowledge, you know. Acknowledge. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, let me give you an example that would probably clarify a little bit mm. more. Ideally, what uh, I mean, gender probably has come like you know how when probably ninety two, ninety three, we started to talk, talk the about development gender. planning arena right. about the role of gender. Mm. Ever since, what we have made a tremendous progress actually since so, since that time. Since that right. time, so what where we have come to is like you know, you take a decision and then you see the impact. On, on gender. Hmm. So what we do is we we do a model, we make a scenario and see the impact on gender. Okay. Right? As part of the work that we do uh, in SDIP, we wanted to turn it around actually, the story. Why do gender needs to come at the end? Hmm. Why not we... At the beginning start from the beginning, right. make a scenario where gender voices are, are taken into account. Right. Now, it's easier said than, than done, actually. Mm. I come from an, if I come from an engineering background, my, um, I have very quantitative causal chain of things in my mind all the time. So I like to, you know, feed rainfall, Data, data, yeah, data yeah. come up with things. Why mm. do I? How do I? How, how, how do, do how I do take gender yeah. actually? And how do you incorporate gender into that yeah. equation? You know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a million dollar question, yeah. and uh, we try to. We have very dedicated study uh, we are undertaking now. Hmm. That can we do? Develop the scenarios, uh, which has gender built in from the beginning, before we start to model those things. Right, right, right. So there is a subtle difference between the two. You make a make a scenario based on biophysical aspects, based on market demand, and then you go and see impact. Mm. And then you uh, then you make a scenario which is actually takes it into account from the beginning, and then gender inside. Yeah, gives you the options of different of uh, scenarios of what right. would come out. And and so do 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 the do the results vary a lot? You know, if you put gender in the beginning versus at the end, 
It does. Yeah, it does uh, yeah. tremendously. Tremendously. It, it right. does tremendously. Right, right. Uh, I live most of my life in South and Southeast Asia, frankly, hmm. uh, except for a small stint in other continent, in another continent. So, but there has been a huge difference in terms of how, how. Uh, how agriculture has evolved in South Asia. These economies are based on agriculture, actually. Okay. There's not much industrialization in Nepal or in Bangladesh. Right. It's just moving towards that direction. So the, the things that we need to be aware of is that, let's say, for example, in, in, in Nepal, where I lived in last six years before I moved to Australia, Nepal, we, we, is because of the globalization. It's easy for people to move. Mm. The first thing in a, in a very harsh mountain environment is people to search for opportunities outside. Mm. Go to and, the cities. And, and now it's possible. Yeah. yeah. So you could you could go to Middle East. You could go to India. Right. right. Where so who went to work is the male folks. Mm. Whereas the women stay behind. With the yes. family, yeah. So now think of it: uh, flood comes. Hmm? Yeah, of course, women also uh, handled it, mm. but it was the male folks actually who had actually on the it were they were on the forefront of you know how to handle the situation like yeah. a flood, yeah. for example. Now, if we take our traditional approach to flood management and go there. With, with those, it may not actually be appropriate for a village where majority of the households are headed by women. By women. Mm. Same goes for agriculture. Mm. So we have to be uh, making those scenarios very clear that I need to make it contextualized. The women were, were participating in agriculture in a different form before than what they are now. Right. right. So, but they were more uh, doing things after harvesting before. Now they are. I mean, they're taking more responsibility. Yeah, they're yeah. taking more responsibility. Yeah. 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 So it has a different. It's evolved on top yeah. of the other things that they have always done. Right. Household right. things, household mm. chores. Eh? Right. So now, the, there has been a tremendous transformation. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this will go on and on. So the research that we do, we try to see, keep gender very much in focus, look at it from a very holistic perspective. Right. And so far, I think we have achieved uh, substantially in, our, in, in terms of helping the government, help, help, helping the societies, uh, how, to, uh, how to address issues related with water, food, and energy nexus. Right. And with a very gender perspective. And this is across South Asia, I would assume? This is uh, our footprints at this time, Cyrus' footprint at this time, is in uh, four, four countries. Four countries? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nepal, uh, Pakistan, uh, Bangladesh, and now we have started in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. So we will have to work with them uh, outside the country okay. to build their capacity so that they can go back and use, and their use that to right. yeah. implement it in yeah, their country. Yeah, yeah. So okay. uh, we have footprints on four countries. We had a footprint uh, in, in India, which we have wrapped up uh, last year. But SDIP as a whole covers all the yeah. countries in South Asia. And in terms of the climate change impacts, how do you get this data and any special tools were used to get this data? Could you please elaborate more on this? Uh, the entire construct of SDIP is, is very partner-driven. Okay. What it means is we have formal collaboration mm -hmm. with, uh, with uh, partners in all the countries that we operate. When I say formal, it is formal to an extent in Nepal, we have a government-to-government collaboration. Okay. So CSIRO uh, initiated, uh, mm. first uh, it was a CSIRO between CSIRO and a department, which has now been elevated 
to Nepal Australia Water Resource Cooperation. Okay. AWP is also but that brings AWP also into into the mix because of our extensive partnership in the countries. We have fairly good uh, access to data, even in very difficult situations uh, where others would struggle. It's not a customer-client relationship; it's a partnership. So. That has allowed us to uh, access or use uh, jointly tools. We tend to believe that tools must be fit for purpose mm. wherever it comes from. Okay, right. So tailored to the uh, context, mm. tailored to the issues that we are trying to address. So what it means is we are open uh, to. Uh, so for example. Uh, we use uh, Australia's national hydrology platform, okay. e-water source. Right. Okay. We use uh, uh, Australian uh, industry standards on data management, for example, uh, Hystra for database. Uh, we continuously invest from Cyro side into innovation. Right. So we have our your own tools, yeah. our own tools, mm. uh, which are being used. Okay, and we are open to any any anything that fits the purpose. Right, right. So right. it's a basically an acknowledgement that uh, one size doesn't fit all. Oh, there's no one tool that no. manages everything. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. And how is this data being used to mitigate the effects, the climate change in these South Asian countries? How do you use this data effectively? There are two levels of work, actually. Yeah? There are issues which are on a very macro, regional level. Right. Climate change, when you talk about climate yeah. change. And there are issues which are much local. Mm. So we have approached it from both. What does it mean? So initially when we started like four or five years back, we realized that at the macro level, when you, you, you want to know the changes in the climate, there is a, there is a need for a consistent set of data that people can trust. We are not the only one. There mm. are hundreds and hundreds of other researchers working in the same in area. In the same area, right. With the same data. It's just confusing. Yeah. Very frankly, if I'm not a scientist, and if I'm a, I'm a, I'm a policy maker in a government, right. I would be confused myself, actually. With so much data yeah, coming well, to me. Which one to look yeah. for? Yeah. Mm. Which one is a credible source? Yes. Yeah, which yeah. is a credible source. Yeah. Yeah. So we started to collaborate with uh, a number of partners like uh, ECMOD, the governments, how to come up with a consistent set of data on that level mm. in terms of uh, temperature, in terms of rainfall, in terms of evapotranspiration. And then we, what is the impact on how much water would be available? So we have models, and we try to quantify how much, uh, how the changes will be in the future. Right, in different scenarios. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's the uh, macro macro level. Mm. What does it mean for a farmer? Then we wanted to know actually what are the key critical issues that where we can start to collaborate with the government to find out. Uh, or help support their decision-making system. Right. So, I'll give you a exam few examples that would probably be clearer. So, for example, in, in Bangladesh, uh, there was a fear that climate change is one of the most vulnerable countries on Earth in terms of climate change impact, okay. So, uh, which is recognized by the by UN. Uh, so we we ask them that can I can we see the impact on on crop production? Is there a, because of the changing climate mm. in twenty fifty, for example? Right. Uh, 
So we started to calculate uh, that what are the major crops grown, when it is grown, and is there a change in the crop water requirement, how much water it would need in 2050. Hmm. So you created a model around that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now what we, today, let's say for example on 1st of April, mm -hmm. the farmer uh, would sow certain rice, for example. So now we see 25 years down the line, rain wouldn't come on that at that time, it would be shifted. Yeah, you would change. You, know? you would change. Definitely. Yeah. So now we can tell, we, we tell the government that you need to do your extension services whereby you train them to shift the, the timing of harvest or so. Right, right. In line with all these changes. In line with the changes that are expected. Oh, okay. okay. To keep the production level at the, the, at the, yeah. at the at, at at desired level. level. Right, hmm? right, right. Likewise, uh, we had, for example, found out that the it's not in certain some parts of the of the of the Himalayan re basins, hmm. the extreme would be more extreme weather would be more critical than the average. Okay. So there will, the floods may will be amplified. So once you have that knowledge, you can design your risk reduction strategies around it actually. So how, how, how do you handle those? So there needs to be innovation or there needs to be new early warning systems. So all those things needs to be carefully crafted. So all the knowledge that we create can actually support those. So it's, we, we are working on both the Two levels, levels. Yeah. macro so and, in macro level, and more local. Yeah, and then we try to see what are the impact on right. key critical uh, issues that needs to be handled okay. on a very practical level. In, in your line of work, Wahid, do you work with the local communities a lot or mostly on we, the government level? We work with uh, local communities also. Okay. Yeah, so uh, for example, in Pakistan, we work with local communities on the role of women in, in decision making. Right, yeah. in gender. In right. gender. Uh, in uh, in uh, Nepal, we work with, uh, the, with the local uh, authorities as well as locals, right. uh, local uh, farmers to build their capacity so that they can they can uh, they can participate meaningfully in the decision making process nepal is a very uh, very very interesting case because of the fact that nepal has transitioned into a federal system a yeah. uh, federal system is means that the entire government machinery it needs to be uh, reorganized so now they have seven different states, states. Let's, let's say. Right. Yeah, okay. So it's like Australia. Mm. It's a commonwealth now, in a way. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, it's right. A, so enough. So all the policies needs to be rewritten. So we were very fortunate to be there when this happened. Mm -hmm. And we helped them to draft uh, their new national water policy. And that's one part of the story. Mm -hmm. Second part of the story is, uh, yeah, it's good to have a policy, but you need to have legislation, you need to have the acts, you need to have the plans in place, Correct. right? Now that's a it's, it's a, it's a very tricky situation. You have a policy, you do not know how it will play out. So then we go to the locals. Hmm? So we have chosen in in consultation with the government of Nepal uh, basin where we would work together with the, with the local right. to s and the locals to see the how the policy would play out yeah. and then parallelly write the legislation us not writing it the government, the government writing it but informed by by the things that we learn while we we try to see the how the policy plays out right. in a planning process. Right. Mm -hmm. So we make a river basin plan, a strategic plan, not a plan for the government, mm. but a strategic one, 
And in the process, we we involve communities, right. civil society, farmers right. group, women's group, uh, and the local administration and central government. All of them we involve, and in the process, we learn from there. And the, when the government of Nepal writes the new, not policy, Regition. acts, right. then it gets informed. Mm, All this feedback, you know? Yeah. Yeah, right. so uh, we do work uh, in, in all the countries that I talked about with the uh, local level also. In Bangladesh, we work with, uh, with the farmers in Northwest region. Uh, in Pakistan also, uh, which is a little different uh, system because it's, it is a very, I don't, you know, uh, in this irrigation system is one of the oldest irrigation oldest, yes. system on yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah. So it has a much developed system in that sense. Mm. Uh, mm. You're not just giving them, you know, here's a new policy, no, here's he, a new legislation. We never yeah. believe in that. But the way we work is very much, I had, uh, uh, I'd like to, you know, we give them options. Mm. And what the option means for different things for social development, social equity, gender equity, inclusion. We give them options. So right. here, here are your options. This is for you to actually right. think. And ultimately, they are the ones who are going to benefit. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. And we don't work like someone from outside. We work with them, actually. Mm. So we are, we, are par, par, we are parties, actually. We right. are partners. Okay. We are partners, yes. So right. what did, what did sh we expect that it would leave a legacy uh, of partnership which will which will go beyond the time frame of the, of the <laughs> project <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and right. make room for others to also right. contribute okay. not only CSIRO but host of other others uh, mm. which is happening already okay uh, to an extent right. uh, and hope that by uh, will only be strengthened in the future and uh, you worked in many projects what mm. were the key lessons learn from these uh, projects? Lessons we are learning every day, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I can probably pick two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number one is very much with, in line with what I have said before. Uh, number one is uh, water is, cannot be managed in silo. Mm. You need to come out of the water box to be able to handle uh, water. Water. Yeah. So, uh, long time back when I started my career, I, rem I remember uh, working on transboundary waters. Right. And I used to be part of what is called University Consortium on water, Transboundary Waters. So there, it's a global consortium. So some of the researches that we have, we did at the, in those days, uh, clearly showed that the very nature or the way uh, transboundary water discussions happen sort of limits the limits the scope of cooperation. So you cannot trade the water in meter cube. You have to come out of that actually. Hmm. So, what does it mean actually? So, you, it means that you need to think about, you need to negotiate with several other things on the board, on the table. You need to give them, for example, that I give you energy, I give you connectivity, mm, and road connectivity, and you give me water. Mm. Mm, so, you need to negotiate. Now, that notion is very much a uh, pin uh, requires actually uh, understanding of the system. Mm. Now sometimes we get over ambitious in my opinion. Uh, we try to uh, manage the entire system together, which may be too complicated. We have sectors, we have transport sector, housing sector, so many sectors. So many sectors. Yeah. And so you can't manage everything, everything. together. Yeah. But you still can actually think of it in, 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 in totality at yeah. a macro level yeah. and then inform them that, look, uh, this is 
what is that if this is done uh, these are the things happening in the food sector these are the things happening in the What's energy impact? sector right, right. these are the things happening in the water sector hmm. now you negotiate you manage your thing let's not make it too com complex that it's very difficult to even take a decision right let's create those options actually that this is what what is on the table mm. you you negotiate you work it out you yeah. work it out mm. this mm. is how it's going to impact the people of the country or lo locality right. it can be different so it's all about not to be over complicated it's a complicated field over complicated in terms of management mm. understanding yes we need to understand the complex it's very system. complex yeah. the lesson that we have is uh, be aware of the attributes that you can handle mm. in a complex system and make it meaningful one mm. and but do not throw away the 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 journey towards uh, holistic understanding of the system as, as, a, as a whole. Right. So that, that, that has its value and that will continue to have its value. Okay. Second lesson is, as I said in the beginning probably, is research for impact is critical. We had traditionally, I had at least, <laughs> been very very siloed in my research career in publishing papers, reading, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, writing reports. Uh, some of them gets uh, seen by someone. Sometimes, some don't. Yeah, yeah. some don't. Right. Uh, so what is needed is to make it more useful is to have what we adopted is what we call participatory impact assessment procedure. So when we design a research, we go through a carefully crafted pathway to see how it will impact when and what the things we need to do. So to make it a little bit clearer, let me tell you. So your goal is to reach to a to a local farmer right in between there are other things that needs to happen to be effective you, there are other things that needs to happen it can be a policy it can be attitude attitude change in an extension officer's mind mm. agriculture extension officer's mind eh? right so to be sustainable and in the long run effective so is 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 having to know who are the key actors mm. where we the process is more uh, innovative is how do we talk to him or her mm. right. so you cannot take a piece of journal paper right. and go to uh, you can but uh, i mean it's not going to be effective, effective. and go to uh, uh, go to someone who has time to read five lines or right. look at a picture so what the impact analysis procedure does is actually it it brings out an engagement strategy very critical so i will engage with uh, with with the guardian newspaper in like this i will engage with the secretary of the department uh, with a, with a, with a communique i will go to him or her with with the farmer with a visual uh, right. video so you communicate with each different yeah, party yeah, in a different yeah, way. That right. they can understand. Right, huh? right. So you need to have the understand, understanding of the entire process. Mm. Key actors, how they behave, mm. how they interrelate amongst themselves, right. and how I will talk to them to make changes. Right. And the changes can be policy, attitude, skills, experience. So all, all things needs to happen actually mm, in order mm. to create a so that needs to be clear so what we learned from from our our uh, experience is that it works well works well when you are co-designing a project so we don't design it we go to the government or whoever our partner is we sit down with them we design the entire research uh, together so right. there is a there they understand 
the how uh, uh, where to communicate how to communicate and all those things so uh, that's one uh, then important thing that we learn is you need to identify an entry point appropriate early entry point so I give you an example if you are we are we're working in a transboundary situation and transboundary situation water dialogues are very very can be very messy and very and it's, it can really shut you out completely right so we wanted to find out actually what what would be a good entry point for us disaster so flood country a country b country c if they are impacted by the same flood mm. so yeah. don't go with water mm. meter cube right. go with flood create that environment find an entry point yeah right. find we an talk entry about. point yeah so you create that trust mm. and then you slowly slowly start to oh, uh, delve okay. into more complicated things but start with uh, find that place where mm. to start with right. so that that's also very critical okay and some of the traditional things that we had not uh, we hadn't done well is for example talking to you we hadn't earlier as a researcher hadn't been able to you know, really communicate with yeah. share yeah. with the wider public actually mm. Mm. which is yeah. very critical yeah. so yeah. we hadn't done it at Cairo but in my same project in my previous place we ran courses for the journalist courses okay courses for the journalist because yeah. the journalist actually never he sells news yeah yeah so he he, he talks about <laughs> uh, something which sells but oftentimes environment doesn't really feature well actually mm. True. So it's a lack of uh, lack of lack of understanding of the value in the long run. So we we as part of SDIP before what we we tried to do is to take them to see actually on the ground mm. right? and that this is climate change impact on our farm which needs to be reported. Right, right. So they get to see it first they, they experience see, it first They right. see the value of it, right. that yes, this is a sellable item, you know, yeah. but this is also important. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, these are things that we learn al as we move on, mm. that uh, it's uh, important to understand, of uh, engage yeah. in different, uh, even as researchers, uh, we need to engage with them, we need mm. to convey the message yeah. and uh, bring all everybody else to participate exactly. in, the, in, yeah. the, in, in the dialogue, in mm. the discussion. Do you have any advice for people who are looking to work in this area of expertise? How do they start? Since most of my work is in South Asia and Southeast Asia, I will, I will sort of limit myself in those parts sure. of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so see if you can look at things from uh, a number of perspectives, in my opinion. Mm. What's happening there? And then you can probably find out where you want to uh, engage, right. uh, contribute. Uh, come to think about the entire region as a whole, this is a region which, which is going through massive development, mm. fast-paced development. Fast, yeah. What it means? It means it brings along with it a lot of challenges, especially in the environmental environmental side. Mm. So the issues of environment, as the countries will develop, mm. will be will be very critical. So I, I as researchers, as informed citizens, and a global citizen, I think we all should be uh, should be trying to help, no. trying to understand uh, better what needs to be done in, in the water quality uh, and improving the in environment, aquatic ecosystem. Secondly is, the all the countries in South and Southeast Asia, as happened already, South Asia especially, have experienced tremendous change in the society also. People have moved from the village to, to City, the cities. Urban centers. And this yep. will go on and on. Yep. We are not thinking probably enough on how we will manage our cities in the future. 
Mm. So urban water management would be a critical thing for people to think about and engage with, in right. my opinion. Number three is, when I grew up, the entrepreneurial spirit of the society were very limited. Mm. People studied to become a, a, a bureaucrat. Politician, yeah. Politician, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things have drastically changed Change. in the last 20 years, I can say. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So people have now started to be, you know, give their... Uh, there are more options, more choices. More options. Yeah. Yeah. So now when that happens, it also brings together challenges for them as well. So I'll give you my... Uh, was one small experience of mine. I was actually hired one time to do a climate change impact. This was not part of CSIRO. Right. Uh, impact on Bangkok City. Bangkok on City. flooding. Okay. On flooding and how it will impact the climate. But out of my utter surprise, the guy who came to me, a couple of guys who had actually come to me, of course, the first ones were the real estate companies, furious with me. Furious? <laughs> yeah, because some part I said that would be very much impacted where they were building... The new buildings, new, new apartments buildings. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 so uh, they were furious. <laughs> uh, but then there were others uh, who had seen opportunity. Hmm. So there are entrepreneurs, uh, so insurance company. Right. So in, a big in, insurance company had come that, Wahid, can you tell us uh, how we would roll out our insurance scheme uh, based on, because uh, I, I'm looking in the future, uh, climate change impact, right? So, I mean, the these companies, as we move on in the development pathway, will, will, will have more challenges that we can we can support them with so i think it's important to engage with with uh, keep that in mind mm. and try and try to engage in that because these are all market based economies there will be companies there will be food processing companies dumping these and that all, all Things that we have done, for example, in, in the developed countries, eh, right. in, in Australia, all these things are important lessons that we can share, mm. we can learn, learn from, from each other, yeah. Yeah, from yeah. Each other uh, and probably not make the same mistakes mm. that uh, many others before us have made. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And if you talk about South Asia, one thing we need to very much keep in mind is context. The cultures are different. If you need to operate in those countries, you need to be aware of the culture. Yes. You need to be very aware important. of the context. Very important, yeah. especially working in Asia. Yeah. Mm. So keep that in mind. Don't lose faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't lose faith. Uh, is uh, relationship a key in your experience? Relationship is absolutely key. And that's where right. actually a project like... Uh, like uh, SDIP and Australian Water Partnership, partnership mm. are, are, are so critical actually because that's where you have the trust, the ability to talk eye to eye, mm. make friendship. Right. So that's where actually the role of this, uh, this program, I call it program, program. not a project yeah. actually. So, and the the vision you, you cannot be there for four years. It does. It, it will cut you off. Mm. I I remember I went to when SDIP was launched. I went to meet the disaster minister in in Bihar in India. In India, wow. just to present my card actually. Right. The first question he had asked me: How long is your project? And when I said, I'm here for the long run, at least for 12 years, wow. he was, okay, okay sit down, hmm. we will talk. Uh, he wouldn't have talked actually on that day. Right. And we became very good friends. You need to have a long-term strategic engagement plan. Hmm. It's not a come and go type. Right. So uh, it's, you need to have that, you know, understanding 
cooperation, the level of trust, uh, and a long-term engagement plan. Mm. It cannot happen in two years, three years. It's so that's where I see the tremendous value of AWP. Right. Uh, that it can, can bring a whole lot you of... You can connect, you know, connect all different sort of parties all together. All different parties yeah. together, bring right. them up uh, and, you know, create that level of trust. Because like, like you mentioned, each yeah. partner has their own capabilities absolutely. and expertise. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The, it's, it's not that I'm taking something to them. I'm mm. just... You know, trying to connect them actually. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that that that's the role I see that yeah. Uh, For the water partnership. Yeah, water mm. partnership. And mm. uh, the other thing that I would stress on is the transition to knowledge. You know, the economies in the past had been based on natural capitals. Mm. So we extracted, we exploited um, uh, natural resources. Natural resources. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The world has transformed, actually. Mm. Who would have thought of, uh, about my mobile phone 30 years back, that it, the, the role that it plays today? Huge role. It's yeah. a huge role. Yeah. Yeah? So the economy of the future is, is going to be a knowledge-based economy. Yeah. So it's, it's a knowledge, actually, that if you want to be ahead of the pack, it's, you have to be ahead of, in terms of your in research, yeah. your ability to generate knowledge, new knowledge, mm. and keep yourself one step ahead. All the time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. So, uh, mm. very important to to acknowledge the transition to our knowledge economy and the necessity to actually invest in in, in research development. Mm. Uh, it, 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 it is extremely important. Uh, it is uh, what gives the nations will keep the nations ahead of the pack uh, in, in, the, in the economist of tomorrow. Right, right. Good, good, good. Mm. Yeah. Keeney is an initiative of the Australian Water Partnership and the International Water Centre Alumni Network. Keeney connects water managers and shares knowledge throughout the Asia-Pacific. Visit our website at kini.org.au for more information and for videos, articles, news and more.